Basement to the Attic podcast features Rekadelic and the devastating DT. The co-hosts share their views on various aspects of hip-hop culture, music, fashion, art, style, and more. Basement to the Attic podcast, the freshest perspective on all things hip-hop. We want to welcome everybody to the pilot episode of Basement to the Attic podcast, which is an authentic hip-hop podcast where we have discussions on relevant tip to, relevant topics from hip-hop, hip-hop antiquity to current, to current issues, but the focus will be on hip-hop history, uh, our opinions on hip-hop history, and how hip-hop history affects hip-hop today. So, my co-host, the devastating DT. Yep. This is Recadelic coming at y'all on the podcast pilot episode. What's up, D? What's going on? What's going on? So, um, so um, just go ahead and give us a little bit of um, you, you know, your background, your qualifications for the podcast, and then I'll go ahead and do the same thing. Okay, so. Um, like we was talking about uh, earlier about the whole basement to the attic thing and you know why we came up with the idea to call it that and we figured that you know whether he was an MC a producer or a DJ you probably owned your skills or developed that craft uh, whether it was your garage or somebody else's garage or a basement or a bedroom or attic so that pretty much covered all of the uh, the basis of where someone would probably would have owned or crafted those skills. Um, where I even actually first witnessed hip hop was a, a basement apartment. Um, my cousin Troy at the time, named Jazzy T, was in a group called Imperial Brothers, and they had a house party, and they lived in the basement, and that was my first time. Uh, actually even, you know, witnesses something like that before I even heard a hip-hop record, you know, before I even heard scratching or anything like that. So that was my first experience of of witnessing that. Um, That was probably late, maybe late 70s. Hmm. And And then the funny thing is that I didn't even really put two in two together until I think I might have heard I'm trying to think if I heard uh, the first record that I might have heard it might have been it might have been Jazzy Sensation it might have been Feel the Heart no it had to be Rapper's Delight yes it was Rapper's Delight and then that's when I put two and two together, like, oh, shoot, this is what they were doing in the basement that day when I was, you know, pretty, maybe about eight years old, you know? Right, <clears throat> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you so, know? So at the time, it, I didn't know what it was, yeah. <laughs> so Rapid Delight dropped August 2nd, 1979. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of went mainstream around September. Yeah. And, um... I was I was what eight, I was eight years old. <laughs> so, 
So you had to be like right. what eight or seven, <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, <clears throat> growing up in my growing up in Mount Vernon and the Rochelle, like I had this back and forth of even though we I lived in the Rochelle and growing up in the Rochelle, but a lot of my relatives and my cousins and my aunts and uncles and everybody lived in Mount Vernon, so we had more of a, you know, Mount Vernon had more of a handle on the black culture, specifically hip hop, and a big part of the culture back then was not only. Not only, not only the music part of it, but it was how we dressed, you know. And we looked up to those to those guys and girl and, and those b boys and those b girls because they're you know the fresh sneakers and 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 the and the kangos and the and the, and the, and the gazelles and the BBD t-shirts and the Lee jeans and you know the, you know all those things that came after the fat laces, graffiti, you know, break dancing and Britain having having a crew like. Who's in your crew? This is my crew. We got this is our rap crew. This is our, um, you know, and, and I think that's and for people that didn't have a a, a basement or an attic, <laughs> it was just the street. Hit, hit, you hit a beat on a car, on the hood of somebody's car. You just somebody just hit a beat, and then there'd be guys that just knew how to flow, and you, everybody would gather around and hear people just flow. There was this dude named MC Des who was always fresh, who was older, but he got to go down to the city. He got to go to Harlem and he got to go to the to the Bronx. We were too young to go to the party, so to really be at the party. So people will, people will come back with stories and tell us what happened and who the DJs were and who, who battled and, and who, you know, and it was just exciting to hear it because we, we really weren't able to record it back then. So you just have to hear stories about what happened. So if, if you didn't catch it live, you, you wasn't catching it, <laughs> you know? Before. And, and, and the crazy thing about that is um, the boys club in Mount Vernon was a place that um, Cool Herc used to rock at. And what I didn't know, what I later found out is that basically the battles was, a, was with sound systems. Hmm. You know? Right, who had the, who had the loudest? Yeah, yeah, you know, we had a lot of sand sound system. So right. boys, the boys club was one of the spots where they used to go to, and it wasn't just the records, you know, that they normally talk about that cool hurt. Pat. It was the sound system too that would take out a lot of people right. and the echo chamber, you know. So one person to go, the next, next, the next person, the sound sounds you about to hear, hear, hear. And it's like, oh, this has got an echo chamber. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Right, that's dope. I remember that, I remember that. Yeah, and you just blowing out your sound system. So that was just, you know, that was also part of, like, before the before the MCs even came into play, that was the battle between, among DJs. Yeah, DJ, yeah. And I think, um, you know, the DJ was the focal point of, of it all, to be honest. And Correct. Correct. Because you couldn't MC if you didn't have a DJ. Who, who's going to play your music? <laughs> So you couldn't just be like, oh, I'm the MC, I'm showing up. Okay, who's 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 spinning? Who's creating your loop? Who's, who's bringing the instrumentals? You know, who's doing that? Who's doing that for you? So it, it was a combination of, you know, the feature was the DJ. You know, I remember back in the days when when I remember when you would have you would have a party, and we didn't have no car. We were like, okay, we got to get these speakers, we got to get these crates to this to this person's house. Yeah. And we we'd be walking down the street with crates, coming back, yeah. getting a crate, 
coming back, get another crate, come back, get the speakers, until we got old enough to have that we had friends with cars. Then it was like, you know, oh man, it was just like, <laughs> it was crazy. So, yeah, good, good thing my brother was four square miles. We needed some weight. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a small, thank God it was a small town. And you have to get on the train. You have to get on the train, right? And have to go and have to go to the other side of town. So, you know, those those were the days. Risk somebody picking you, right? For your on the way. Yeah, you had to have a crew. I mean, that's what you had a crew for. Like, who's going who's going to watch the who's going to watch the um the crates? Who's going to make sure nobody's stepping on the wires? Who's going to make sure nobody's going to bump into the turntables? You know, and and make the needle jump and all of that stuff. You had to have a crew that could help you. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and that's that's what it was about. I, I, I call my crew, and we gonna we gonna make sure that everything gets there. Oh, I got I got this record. I only got one. I only got one. Um, my Adidas. All right, I got one. Now we got two. Right. Because <laughs> we need two for the party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, or well, I got one, but one is scratched. Yeah. So who who got yeah. one? Who got who got one that ain't scratched? Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was that was that you know, yeah, that was a thing, right? Yeah. Or, or I remember me in in, in Atomic E. Atomic E, yeah. I, 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 I take my three dollars and twenty eight cents. He got three dollars and twenty eight cents. I buy one, he buy one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? because he because he, uh, he had the pioneers, right? He had the pioneer turntable. If I'm not mistaken, I think yeah. he, I think he had one pioneer and one technique. No, no, I. I had one. I had a straight arm. I had a straight arm in the curve. Yeah, because for, for those who don't know, um, <laughs> techniques had the had the S arms. Yeah. So if you had the S arm, you was like, yo, he got the S arms, yo. And then yeah. if you had the te- the pioneers, which was like a little bit, you know, not the same level as a, as a technique. But I yeah. think pioneers had, um, if I'm not mistaken, the pretty they had pretty good mixers, right? Yeah, they had, they had pretty much mixes. So now the, the thing about it was there was two type of turntables. They were belt drives and direct drives. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the pioneers, when you would spin back and let it go, it would have to take time to speed up. So it would be like, you know, and then it'll speed up. So you had to push, kind of push the record if you had two separate turntables. Right. So right. It, was just, it, it was it was it was terrible. And um, the funny thing is, is that I don't know if you remember this, but before I had even got a mixer, I had um, one of those receivers. Remember the receivers back in the days that had the um, the radio, and it also had the uh, the eight track. Yes. With it? Yes. I remember that. I remember. <laughs> so, that. so what I would have to do, there was uh, two speaker ports in the back. It was A and B, so I would have to put plug uh, one turntable into the speaker A and one turntable into the speaker B, and then I would use the output of the turntable for the speakers, and I would just click off A when I was with the uh, right turntable, and then I would switch from B to A to the other turntable. So I was using the receiver as a mixer. You remember that? That and that that's the so ultimate I, I remember that and that's the ultimate creativity. Cause I remember when you first got that Gemini, that small Gemini mixer. And because before that, you're right, you I remember that. Yeah, now I remember. So now I remember you saying that the uh, you had the there was the belt drive and the direct drive. But I remember yeah. when you used to put 
a record underneath the top record. Right. And just right. spin it that way so that the top record would be able to catch up. Yeah. And use the yeah. use the bottom record as a as a drive. Right. Which that's another level of creativity. <laughs> yeah. Yo, now you bring back memories. All right, remember when we were trying to figure <laughs> out how Jazzy Jeff I was just thinking about that. You was just thinking about that, right? Remember when we was like, yo, how is he transforming? And nobody and nobody really knew how he was doing it, but we figured it out. And, and you wanna know how we figured it out? And the funny thing is because I remember it was Christmas and I told my mom I wanted a, a mixer. Right. And she 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 didn't want to buy me one. I was working at Pizza Hut and I got my first check. And it, it, I think I had maybe $98. And, and Troy went down, where did, we, where did we go? Simpson Street? We went somewhere, and I had just enough for that little mixer that Jazzy Jeff had on the um, uh, uh, cover of the album. Mm-hmm. And people was cracking on me. Because remember, F used to have the big mixer with the handles and the lights? It's yeah, I remember that. Big yeah. Mixer. Yeah. That's what was dope. But what they didn't realize is that we, the reason why we figured out because it was the phono line on the little mixer. It was the phono slash line. The phono slash line yep. that when you would use that to cut instead of the actual crossfader, it cut the sound off and on to make the record. Because Marley Mall was Marley Mall was using the Marley Mall was using the he was using the transformer. He, yeah, he was using the, the he, was, he was using the crossfader, so he, he didn't get yeah. the same sound. He didn't get the same quick, sharp nah, nah, sound. Nah, but Jazzy Jeff nah. was using the was using a lot because he Jazzy Jeff um he he pioneered he pioneered that transformer thing. Like and and for, for the people who are out there who don't know what that is, the transformer scratch is when you bring it back and you mm-hmm. manipulate the line and the and the and the, and the um. And the phono, the phono yeah. to make that it makes that transformer right. sound like the transformers transforming. Man, mm-hmm. it was like y'all don't even understand how revolutionary that was. And the crazy thing about it is the reason why a lot of the mixes couldn't make that sound is because a lot of the times um, the crossfader it would uh, not be able to cut the sound off of the record all the way. Mm-hmm. And remember, you used to have to spray. <laughs> I remember you see. I remember you used to the, spray the, into the, the thing on the edges. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you could still hear the sound of the record, even though you cut it off. You could still, you still got the feedback from the record. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying you have to spray. You know, what I'm saying to get rid of that, and then you have static on the crossfader. So the, you never got that on the phone. It was static. We, we, we would think it was a short. We would think it, that it was yeah, a short. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we call it. We call it a short. The right. We call it a short. Right. I remember those days. Those are the those are the days. So like, yeah, man. So like, you know, and, and we, we you know we talk about this stuff, but you know the history of where how we began, and it's funny because two teenage boys in Westchester, New York, had to try to figure this out. But there was probably two teenage boys right. somewhere else that had that was figuring it out too. Because right. a lot of this stuff is just, you just defer to your own creativity. It's not like we had money to go buy this and go buy that. You had to you had to like okay, this is what we got. This is what we're gonna have to make work because this is this is this, these are our resources. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
and yeah. um and and that that was the that was the beauty of it that was the beauty of of, of hip-hop it was it was straight creativity with limited resources which was what made hip-hop hip-hop yeah you know it wasn't a, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a rich kids um culture it was a it was a, a inner city um low resources culture and you had to make whatever work work with what you, with what you had and I, and I think that's that's that was the beauty of it and because it was it was it was our music that came from us you know and I think that's you know and when you look at how it ha- it has evolved and what it to what it is now it's still it's still similar it's, it's still similar similarly that way but it's, it's you know although it's changed and I, I think as we do this podcast, I want I want everybody to understand that you know we we coming from the antiquity. You know, obviously we're not coming from like you know we were too young to really be at the fever and and to be and to be at you know the Africa Bombada phases of hip hop and the, the genesis with yeah. the, cool, the cool Herks and and and, the, um, and and guys like that. But you know we we, we still respect the, that part of hip hop. And then the other thing was the graffiti, you know. Mm-hmm. People people don't understand that. People, you know, you got dancing, you got hip hop, graffiti, how you dressed, yeah. and, and we didn't look at it as well. This is hip hop. We just this was just like this was just it. You go in the stores in our neighborhoods. That's what everybody bought. That's what everybody wore. Yeah. So it wasn't like. I'm trying to be hip hop. I'm just being what I am. I'm, this is how me and my friends dress. We go outside. This is how we dress. You got. You, if, if do you tag? Nah, I don't tag. Do you tag? Yeah, I tag. What's your tag? This is my tag. And then there's different ex, uh, levels of how where you take it to. Some people just tag. Other people were more artistic with it, and they would do like right. colorful things. You know, beautiful works of art. And there were just people who were just straight vandals. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Straight vandals, trains, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's so dope, man. At the fact that someone that had the ability to draw at that time, they would take that and put it together with someone who DJed and, and, and who, who used to break dance right. and say, this is all hip hop. You know what I'm saying? This to take all those arts and put it together and call it one name. Because it's because it's, it's a culture. It's a culture. And now, would you say now? Okay, it was graffiti. Now it's the art of tattooing. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's good because you got to remember, like back in the day, back in that day, if you had a tattoo and you had a grandmother that went to church, yeah. you wasn't getting a tattoo. Out of, just out of respect, Ta- tattoo was tattooing was limited to um, the rebels, the people who were, were rebellious, the people who were trying to buck, you know, buck and disrespect their family, like whatever. Like I'm getting a tattoo, I don't care what y'all say, and you might get it and you might hide it. It might be somewhere where nobody can see it. And then it got it, it progressively evolved into being more acceptable. When now, now you can even get a job with a tattoo. Before, if you had a tattoo, you wasn't getting a, you wasn't getting certain jobs. I, and I think I think it's still that way to an extent. You know what I'm saying? But um, but graffiti is 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 more is on the internet now. So they got Pinterest graffiti's on Pinterest now because you can't really do graffiti on the walls anymore because there's cameras everywhere. Right. 
like back in the days there was no cameras like you could just you know get some spray paint you know get your graffiti crew get, you know and do you do what you do and do what you got to do but now you can't really do that the same way so it's kind of limited to books and it's limited to online instagram is really big for graffiti so people will do like a they'll have like a wall that's dedicated to just graffiti they still do it on the walls but they're like throw up walls like pop-up walls yeah. so i'm not really defacing anybody's property but then you have a lot of corporate you know especially inner city corporate that is what you do uh, murals people are doing murals now more in parks and stuff and they're commemorizing things with murals i went down to the um what's the guy's name who um nipsey hustle Mm-hmm. I was in LA like about a month ago and I went to go check out the Nipsey Hustle um memorial and they they really did yeah. a really nice really really nice um mural of like a memory of Nipsey Hustle and the things that he brought economically to the to the hood and things like that and and, yeah. and it was right around the corner from his store and it was really dope so you know that those are you know hip hop I mean the, the graffiti has kind of evolved into not being um, vandal, not re, not being uh, um, vandalism, but being more as an accepted artwork, art form. It's a it's a it's yeah. a it's an accepted art form. Where before it was like, oh graffiti, that's not art. That's you know that's that's vandalism. Now graffiti is looked right. at as art right now. So it's sim- similarly to hip hop because now think about it. Because and let's talk about this. Remember back in remember remember when? See, most people don't understand. You could be looking at a um, a Target commercial, mm-hmm. and it's, it, they're playing rap music in a Target commercial. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like, because back when we grew up, hip hop only came on the radio on at night. It was Friday and Saturday night. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Friday night, nine to midnight on Fridays. Saturday, nine to midnight. On the two black states, we're talking about New York right now. New York hip hop, New York radio. Yeah. Not Friday night yeah, nine yeah, to yeah. midnight, Saturday night nine to twelve, and then if you was a real hip hop head, you would stay up till two in the morning to listen to the DNA Hank Love show from two to four. And then, then at four o'clock it was Teddy Ted. And then right, right. and then from four a.m. <laughs> right, four a.m. to five a.m. was um, yeah. Teddy to Teddy Ted, the awesome too, right? Yeah, it was and, awesome too. And, and yeah. before that, before that, it was Mr. Maddox WHBI, and I think I might have caught on to that late. And HBI was like what? Like refresh my refresh my memory. I think that was like down the dial. Because remember, you had NYU, yeah. NYU. Hold up, NYU right. had a station too. Um, the dude P Fine, right? Wasn't he on NYU? Yes. Yeah, so that was like a, I believe. it was like eighty nine point nine something like that all the way down the dial, yeah, 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 and nobody yeah. really went down there on that part of the dial, so you didn't even know what was going right. on down there, because <laughs> right. it was pretty much um, kiss up ninety eight point seven and one hundred seven point five, so like you know it was it was dope. I mean it was really dope. Did you look forward to the weekends when you have your radio out? You start you make your own little pause tapes, and you you put your you put your box next to the speaker and just make a tape. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you got you got music that you kind of rock to. For like the next couple of for the next couple of weeks, but um, when hip hop, you know, went became daytime when they started playing hip hop in the daytime, when I found out about that, I was like, um, wait a minute, they're playing hip hop during the day, rap music, 
this is yeah. this is crazy. This is this is unprecedented. This is what's happening right now. You know, and then you had the censorship, and, and it's funny because you see the evolution of hip hop. Because remember, they like back in the days, people didn't even have to curse. Yeah, and 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 the crazy thing about it is how um, so many record companies didn't take it seriously. They thought it was a fad because they were just like, okay, you're not really singing. So there's really no talent there's in no it. Talent, so man. how far could this go? How far could it go? How <laughs> far can it go? Yeah. You're not playing instruments. You're not playing any instruments. You're sampling somebody else's music that, that played the actual instrument. How far could this go? And I, <laughs> and, and, I, and I think I think what they was what they were doing is they was looking at what happened to disco. I think that's what happened because remember disco I don't know I don't really know when disco died but if, if I put a disco record on right now I could I could appreciate it but I don't miss it you know what I'm saying I don't miss disco it, it was listen it was, there was a lot of disco records that coming out that we probably never heard and probably was trash. I mean, if we talk about the main ones, like, you know, Ring My Bell and the stuff Sheep was doing, those yeah. are the stuff we probably going to appreciate. But there was a lot of disco records that was like... Straight club. You know just, what I'm saying? Just club, club only. Right. That never made it to the radio. Because they all had the same rhythm. You yeah. know, so... But, I mean, hip-hop, it, it was just that it was something, it was something fresh and, I, and it was something new. And that's the thing about it, you know what I'm saying? When it's something fresh and it's something new. But you know what's funny? Hip hop was for the kids, I, th- I think. You that know, too. It, it was it was for the kids, cause right. like my mom, like we both had young moms. Like my mom and your mom were both young moms. They were pretty, they were pretty like yeah. hip to what was going on, you know, right. the palace, all that kind of stuff. So they kind of knew, and I don't even know if the Palace played hip hop, and they probably didn't. They probably did, but only certain songs. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I wasn't there, but <laughs> but you know, they, um, I think that they um, they had to like even like us, like we, our kids, we kind of listen to what our kids listen to because they're playing it at home or they're playing it in the car with us, and we don't really we ain't really feeling it, but then we start to feel it. And we can kind of relate a little bit because it's it's coming from what we listen to, right? So the same thing with our parents, like they they were like they would hear a hip hop song, and be like, "Hey, that's James Brown," and we were like, "It is," <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or they'd be like, yeah. you know. So I think you know, just 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 that whole connection. Every new generation of music is connected to the previous generation's music. In a way, it's borrowing or taking from, which everything has its root. It goes, everything goes back to Africa anyway. But it, it the, the African drum, bass drum and snare will never go away. Yeah. You know that that's the that's the connection that connects our, our music to our to our history and our roots. It's never going away. Right. Right. You know. Um, so yeah, man. So you know. First thing I wanted to do, you know, in our first episode was I really wanted to just kind of set the tone 
and just kind of get some dialogue going on, on in terms of like what you know how hip hop has influenced us. Right. Obviously, we're going to talk about all all facets of hip hop, but we also want to talk about music because I think music, I think music and sports unifies everybody. Yeah, well, I, I just want to say one thing right quick before you start that. Just, yeah. just one real quick. Yeah. You, I don't know if you. Whose idea was it to spin on your back as far as being part of of dancing? Like, I was just thought that was like, <laughs> like, who was there and just came up with that and was spinning on their back to music? I don't know, but. Okay, so when I first, okay, so let me see, I'm trying to think about when I first. Okay, so me- remember Kid Love? No. So there was this kid that was real good in breaking. He was real good at breaking. So in New Row, right? We had different sides of town. So people that was on the West End was break dancing, but people that was on our side of town was also break dancing. But it's like. When you go to a party and both people from both sides of town are at the same party, you start seeing people do moves and you're like, yo. And the thing about it is you have to watch somebody do a move. You got to remember that move. And then you got to go home and say, okay, I remember what he did. And you got to practice that move so that you could now have that move and you could probably make that move even better or maybe even do that move even better than that person. So you, if you're battling at a, if you're battling at a park, right? You know, the first person that ever spun on their back I don't know who or why they did it but when I first saw somebody spin on their back I was like yo that is dope because because mind you you fresh you got on your knees on that like and, and, uh, yeah. on the ground <laughs> you know but, but here's, here's the other part here's the other part I, you'd have on your Adidas, but they wasn't even tied up so you could you, you'd, be, you'd be breakdancing and it might, it might fly off I, I don't know how many times people would come first of all people would just slide out of their Adidas because they wasn't tied up and break with no with no with no shoes on, because you could move better. You could kind of move better with your footwork on the floor. But when I'm when I'm up rocking or when I'm when I'm not on the ground yet, my shoes are on. You know what I'm saying? And then and, and if you got the right the right windbreaker on, then you're gonna you're gonna spin even faster. Especially if you're on cardboard, you're gonna spin crazy fast. And I think just knowing like okay, I gotta wear this if I'm the backspin dude. I gotta wear knee pads if I'm this dude. And if people thought that people had had on knee pads when they had, when they spun on their head, but not everybody did. Like I don't even know how we didn't all like die from concussions back then. Because we we well, was they say crazy. Yeah. Crazy legs what? They say crazy. I mean, supposedly crazy legs was was the innovator, whatever case like that. I'm just thinking like, what was this dude thinking to come up, you know? I don't know what the first move was, <laughs> you know. Maybe that's something you need to research. But that, that it was just always amazing to me is that how you go from just dancing with your feet to now you're spinning on your back in your clothes to music. <laughs> so you know what's funny? Like, did anybody ever do that? Did, did anybody ever do like a documentary or a history of how that even came into play? Because I've never seen it. I'm gonna tell you. You don't want to know what's crazy though. This is it's crazy to me how 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 breakdance became international. So if you go to Google right now, you Google 
B-Boy, mm-hmm. somebody from Asian descent is going to come up. Wow. If you go look at these Asians and what they're doing with, with, with breakdancing right now, they have taken breakdancing to a whole nother... Because I'm following some of these guys. I, I follow some of these guys on Instagram and I'm like, are you kidding? Like these dudes is ridiculous. Well, first of all, the way that um, a lot of the Asian guys are like built, they're a little bit lighter. So they're able to do a lot more acrobatic stuff for longer and way better. They just, they just took it to a whole nother level. It's like a whole nother level. And it's so embedded into the Asian culture and the Asian, Asian hip hop culture is big. Yeah. Like they got a real serious hip hop culture out there um, on that side of the world. And what's funny is, you know, it's going back to how the, the origin of it, I, I look at it like this, you know, you had people that popped and then you had a little bit of an up rock, right? And then you would go down to the ground and like you have like your footwork or whatever you did, right? We call it footwork. But then you, from your footwork, you got to be able to break out into something else. And I think everybody had right. something that, that, that was different that they were able to do in the crew. So you might have Duke, somebody that maybe spun on their back really good. Then you had somebody, and that was like this, that, that person's signature move. Then you had somebody that did windmills. And I, I got a good windmill story to tell you. And then you had somebody that did, that did like um, those 1990s. We call them 1990s back in the days. I don't know if, I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, but they called them 1990s. And then you had people that would do, that would do swipes. Remember swipes? <laughs> I don't know what everybody called it around the world, but I just know that we had our own little words for different moves and stuff. And, right. and, you, and if you, the person that could do the most swipes, I mean, that, that was probably one of the most athletic moves. But, you know, for a long time, I could only do one windmill. So I went away to go visit my pops in Pennsylvania. And me and my cousin Mark went. And we in Pennsylvania. I mean, they, they don't know nothing about breakdancing out there. So we was like, yo, we, we need to get some, um, we need to get, and, and it wasn't like I was in Philly. I was in like suburban, like Pennsylvania. So like, so we went and we found some cardboard and we had some cardboard in the yard on, on the on the dirt on the ground I'll never forget it I can see it clear as day I had to be about 13 12 13 something like that so me and my cousin is trying to figure out windmills I mean we want to talk about hours hours we trying to figure out windmills and I'm trying to get to like can I I want to be able to go back home and be like yo I got windmills Right. And we should be like, yo, I got mills. That's what we would say. I got mills. You got mills? I got mills. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going back. When I get back to New York, I'm gonna have windmills. So, you know, we did we practiced every day until I finally got it. And when I got back home, I didn't even say I didn't say nothing. I said like, yo, when we when we we um you know, we get together, we with my boys, we we're break dancing, I'm just gonna break out and do some windmills. Everybody went crazy because it was only like a few people that could do it on my block. But there was this kid named Kid Love um, who lived kind of he wasn't really far when you think about it, but it was far. It was he, he lived far enough where we was I wasn't allowed to go over there without letting my mom know. Okay, I'm going over there in that, in that, in that direction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. he had he had always had windmills, and he but he was like really short and really light. And you can kind of get through and kind of get and kind of get that popping. So it was, you know, it was it was interesting. But see, you know what's so crazy? I don't know if you remember this, but when I used to come to New Road to see you, and I was like, yo, because remember, I was a, I was a popper. I used to pop. I never break it. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I remember that. Yeah. 
I was like, yo, how you feel? I used, remember, I used to have to use my knee to lift myself off the ground to go around. I remember I those windmills without using my knee. Those are the, those are the hat. Those are like, you know, but that was a move though, because like people people would do that move. It was like a it was like a semi windmill, but it was acceptable. Yeah. But then there was like another yeah. level of windmills. Like I I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you remember us going to Macy's and, 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 and um and, and we would see Macy's doing windmills? Man, we used to be in the mall. Yo, we we used to be in the mall. Yeah. Let me tell you, like in high school, right? <laughs> so in high school, and this was when um Roxanne Roxanne was out. See, yeah. I remember I remember the music with the times you know what I'm saying because the music kind of set the tone for the time so um, yeah. like AJ Scratch was a good breakdancer song Buffalo Gals was a good breakdancer song um, uh, fat, fat Boys fat, oh my gosh oh <laughs> oh the Fat Boys so like so yeah. they, so Apache of course Apache yo I get to like, I'll play that in my car right now and when it, when it, when they get to that break, yeah, you know the break, the famous break. That's like the best. First of all, that's the num- That's the best break yeah. in the history of breaks. And we gotta do a show on break beats. We gotta do a show on break beats. Remind me, we gotta do, we gotta do a show on just break beats. And and yo, that was that's the best break in the history of breaks. So for those who don't know what a break is, every song has a part in the song where there's a what they what we call a break. And that's usually the best part of the song that makes you feel the best, that makes you feel good as a listener, mm-hmm. right? But it's also it's also the instrumental part of the song when there's not going to be any singing, there's not going to be a whole lot of like music, right. extra music, and you, DJs would DJs would loop the break, and mm-hmm. we would just rock to the break forever. Yeah. But that but that break that um that Apache break man, man, oh boy crazy um man so um so yeah man this this is this is the, the whole reminiscent thing and, and i think and i think what, what we're trying to do right now you know just, we, we just want to set the tone for y'all because we know that yeah we uh, i gotta be i gotta make a mental note i have to write that down real quick we gotta do that break break beat <laughs> that break beat episode we actually play and we, we should we should probably play them too Yeah, yeah, because you always wanted to find out who had records that you can go through. Right. Yeah. Like, can I come over and just go through your records? But you know, a lot of these days they they would cross it out because they wanted to have the only one that they would would be the only one who uh would have that break or wanted to have that break. So they crossed the names out so you wouldn't be able to go get the same record. Right. That's true. That's true. Cause I, I saw um somebody who was like he's in the parks right now. He still he still does it in the parks in the Bronx. Who's the DJ that um I seen him on YouTube a couple times. Where's he from? Uh, he's from the Bronx. Okay, so is he from back in the days, like Jazzy J or whatever? He's from the he's back from back in the days, but he still rocks. He still be rocking like on Instagram. Like he'll put He'll do like an Instagram live or something and put like a camera on and he'll just he'll just do a he'll just start he'll just have a session. But yo, they got I mean with the internet now, people just people just doing that. Like they got internationally people just 
good. They did, I, I saw this girl on here one day on, on YouTube who just killed it. Better than I've seen, ever seen anybody kill it. There's another thing on YouTube y'all gotta watch. If y'all can find... Um, there's a Jazzy Jeff one where he's he DJing outside. You ever see that one? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that is... He went. He really went berserk on that one. He really killed it. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he's the best I've seen on the Peter Piper. I think it was Peter Piper. I think it was Peter Piper. I think it was Peter yeah, Piper. He, yeah. he, he, yeah, he, yeah, he killed, killed Peter, Piper. Peter Piper. We gotta do. We gotta do that, and we gotta do top. We gotta do top D. Top five DJs. Oh man, we got we got a lot of stuff to cover. Man. We gotta do top five DJs. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm I'm just writing this down because I forgot about top five DJs. And you know what was crazy going back to graffiti? And I, I will always tell the story. Um, when we were young, the, the thing about graffiti was the the, the, the anonymity. Mm-hmm. Because you would see somebody that wrote a, ta- a, a, a tag or did a piece, but nobody knew who that guy was. Right. So the anonymity was the, was the thing that made it, it, it was intriguing because you didn't want yeah. people to know who you were. It's kind of like it's kind of like a superhero. Like, yeah, I'm Superman, but Clark Kent don't go around talking about I'm Superman. Nobody knows that he's Superman. Right. You know, right. so it was kind right. of similar. It right. was similar. It was like a almost like an alter ego. Like, nobody knew yeah. who he was. Only yeah. a few people knew. Only a few people knew. Which, which was it made it it made it fun. It, it added another element of fun to it. Yeah. Because there, there was the creativity of it. There was the the vandalism vandalism aspect of it. There was the yeah. don't get caught aspect of it. There was the planning aspect yeah. of it because you had to plan. You had to yeah. plan it out. You had to go you had to go scoop out what you were going to do, how you going to get in. Was there multiple ways to get out? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You had to really be organized. Um, you know, what I'd see stuff and I'd be like, yo, how to take it up there and, and put it there, right? Yo, when I go, yo, check it out. When I go different places, I always look for the graffiti. And I take pictures because I'm, I'm still in my own way. I'm like, oh, t- oh, look at that. I'll, I'll see somebody with like a crazy E or a crazy R because you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by different fonts. So I look at the letters. I'm like, yo, look at that C. That's a crazy C. Well, look at that D. Oh, my God. The D is ridiculous. You know, and, and or, you know, because I, I find it amazing how people do different letters differently. You know what I'm saying? Just the creativity and the crispness of it and the way they did it. Ugh. It just makes me go crazy with the graffiti. But um, there was this dude. So we had met two guys. And I'm not even going to drop names on here because I don't want to get nobody in trouble. But uh, <laughs> there was a there was a guy that was really popular in graffiti. It was two guys that we actually got to meet. Because um, back in those back in the days, there was people were passing out what we call black books or graffiti books. So you go to an art store, you get like a big black book that had blank pages with no lines, and you would like pass right. it around to different people so they could they could like do something in it and they would give it back to you. So that was like a portfolio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a portfolio. Yep. Yeah. But you would have if you if you got around, you would have a right. big portfolio because you'd have different people wow. in your book. And you'd be like, yo, how'd you get him in your book? How'd you get him in there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, it, it'd be like your way of saying, like, look at all the people that I know. That I got to do something in my book. So, we we met this one guy, who we had no idea who this dude was. Now this guy was known, and I was like, "Yo, that's him." And it was an older dude, like older enough to be our dads, 
we had children, he was married, da da da. I'm like, wow. We we thinking this some like wow kid. And this guy was like a grown man, mad kids, da da da. And then we met another dude that we met and we got cool with, who was like a Bronx artist, primarily, but he was also um, up in different places. So if you in graffiti, like if you were somebody that was up, that means that you're that you're you're He's really up. He's up. Well, he gets up. Yeah. That means that you're everywhere. That means that you're you're seen everywhere. Trains, buses, whatever. Mm-hmm. Walls, whatever, right? So this dude was really up. Quote, unquote, up. And um, he was working in the library. As a librarian, like, putting books back and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was the, he was that artist that we wanted. So he, he took us out one night to go do some trains with him. And it was... Cr- we were, like, starstruck, though. Cause we couldn't believe that we was with this dude going, you know, down to the tracks and and, and going to hit trains and, and walls and yeah. stuff. And I was like, wow. Yeah. So our job was just to pass him different colors of paint. Cause he had like a little sketch right. of what he wanted to do already, and we were just passing him paint, passing him paint, passing him paint. And it was crazy, cause like you know, you don't realize when you participated in the hip hop culture to the extent that we participated in, in it. You don't realize how that shapes and molds who you are as a as an adult today, right? You know, and I think that's the, that's the dope part. You know what I'm saying? So like that was that was kind of cool. And then there were other guys like that were just like graffiti artists, and you like just in school, and you're like, man, it was always like the weird dudes it seemed like, right? Like that dude, that's that's him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was really cool. It was really cool. So yeah, man. So all these aspects of creativity, all these aspects are yeah. outlets of creativity. And when you go back to antiquity and uh, wh- where we come from, you got the Egyptians, yeah. you got the Egyptians with the hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. You know, the hieroglyphics was on the walls. Like that was not not by mistake that we gravitated to communicating on walls and, and, and being able to, to uh, you know, express ourselves and what was going on. Because a lot of the graffiti artists had names that were like controversial or it, it spoke to their political consciousness or they would do like something that was like a political statement or something that was relevant to what was going on in the world whether it was a time of war or, or you know something you know whatever but I, and, and that, that that was what was dope also you know and then people had like certain color schemes and it was dope yeah. it was just dope it was a dope time to grow up it was a really dope time to grow up yeah. The area that we grew up in. Yeah.